Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make for him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Love that. Another great hit off the album, Pastor Matt's album, Genesis Slow Jams. <laughs> Gotta love it. It's good to be up here as we continue our series in Created, Fallen, Redeemed. With the tagline, Jesus, a creator who restores all things. Last week we got to hear Pastor Matt preach his sermon, Created in His Image. 
We were created by Jesus to reflect his image. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you for who you are and all that you do for us, Lord. And we're just here to just talk a little bit more detailed and and how you created us on that day six, Lord. And just want to just pray right now that your truth goes forward, Lord, and that your truth pierces our hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Today we're going to play a little game called What's Wrong with This Picture? If you see what's wrong with this picture, just yell it out. What's that? Yeah, and unless this is Batman's house and a ramp's going to shoot out, you're probably not parking in that driveway, right? Next picture. Sell your house fast. Call right now. Call who? Just hurry up and do it fast, whatever you do, but we don't know who it is or what the number is. All right, this next one. This was uh, from a Stop Smoking campaign. Take action, take control, quit school. Apparently they weren't, uh, they probably didn't understand that the school was going to go around that guy's neck. Or, you know, maybe, uh, Leighton, if uh, you quit school, you won't be so stressed out and you can stop smoking. So it could be. Next one. Yeah, that one's a little bit off, a basketball goal. Even a short white guy like me knows that the basketball goal needs to go in the middle of the key in front of the the free throw line there. And uh, finally, I think it's this one. Uh, You musicians should be able to point this one out real quick. How would you like this beautifully handcrafted guitar that has a neck that's backwards? We've all heard the saying, the devil is in the details. And it's usually said about something that, uh, over a detail that's, that's maybe even minute at the time, but it's overlooked and it thwarts and foils the entire main plan of the design. Few have heard the term, God is in the details. This is expressed as something uh, like the idea that whatever one does, it should be done thoroughly. That every single detail is important. Which this makes perfect sense. Our God is a God of perfect order. He does everything with absolute precision. There's no effort wasted by our Lord, and everything he does is with perfect knowledge and detail to the utmost degree. When God created the universe and our world, he did it for his most prized of all creation, which is us. I know it doesn't seem like that sometimes, right? But he did it for man and woman. In in Genesis chapter 2, we get to see a more detailed account of God creating everything for Adam and Eve, giving them a life, giving them purpose, and giving human beings their first chance to live in obedience. And that's why today's, the title of today's sermon is this, Created God of the Details. We just heard Genesis uh, chapter 2, 4 through 25 in Pastor Matt's Genesis Slow Jams. And uh, if we were to take these 22 verses. I'm sorry about that. That's Paul. This is the voice of God. If we were to take those 22 verses and we were to summarize them into one main idea, we would get this. God created his most prized of all creation and blessed them on earth, but with eternity in mind. 
See, God created his most prized of all creation. That's us, man and woman. And he blessed Adam and Eve uh, here on earth. But he did it with eternity in mind. And he is the God of the details. Let's get into our scripture this morning. We're going to start out in uh, chapter 2, verse 7. And we're going to kind of skip through all those. We're not going to get to all 22 verses today. But let's start right there in uh, verse 7. God forms man out of dust and breathes life into him. It says this, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Well, right away, we see then the Lord God. The word Lord is in all caps because it signifies something very important. You see, all in chapter 1, it said, then God created the heavens and the earth, and then God created on the third day, and then God created it. It was just the capital G, uh, lowercase o-d. And that, in uh, Hebrew, is Elohim, meaning God of power. But here, in chapter 2, we see, it's starting off in verse 7, it says, the Lord God. That word Lord there is Jehovah, or Yahweh. And it it signifies not just a God of power, Elohim, but a God of perfection and a finishing God, a personal God. The Yahweh, the I Am, is a personal God. You see, up to this point, he already created the heavens and the earth, and now he focuses on man and woman. So he formed us out of the dust, and he gave us a physical body. Obviously, he started with Adam. Why is it so important that he said that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature? Well, it's really important because we are not like the animals. And I'm going to touch on this a couple of times uh, through today's sermon. We are not like the animals. When God created them, he created them out of the dust. When God created man, he created them out of the dust, and he breathed the breath of life. This has eternal connotations. We are not from a process of evolution. There's no way that you could ever get the complexity that we have these days through a process of chance plus time, meaning that anything could happen if you just give it billions of years to happen. I want us to consider one thing for a second, sight. Think about it. Well, we know it takes an eyeball. We know it takes optic nerves that connect the eyeball to the brain. And we know it takes the part of the brain to be able to process all this. So the eye, let's start there. The eye is a a high-tech camera that is called a miracle of evolution. In fact, one famed biologist said this, to think that natural selection could produce the eye is absurd to the highest degree. Do you know who that biologist was? It was Charles Darwin, 1909 in his book, Origin of Species. And he wasn't even considering the optic nerve, which is basically fiber optic cables that connects and transmits visual information from the eye to the brain. Another miracle of evolution. And then it doesn't take into account for the part of the brain that had to develop because basically what you have is two 2D cameras that are seeing something from different perspectives, but by the time that information gets transmitted to the brain, you get one perfect picture, unless you need to wear glasses like me. 
another miracle of evolution. So here's what's even more crazy. These three miracles would have had to evolve independently for no reason. You see, evolution and natural selection says if something's not um, profitable to have, it's weeded out of the DNA. So which one of those developed first and why? Because separate, they're useless. Just so you and I can walk down the street without getting hit by a car, these three miracles of evolution happened. I don't know if I have enough faith to believe that. When you realize that there is nothing that God left to chance and billions of years is when you realize he is a God of power, he's a God of perfection, and he is a personal God. He's a God of the details. He didn't just create us like he created the animals. He breathed his eternal life into us. And that brings us to the first point. God's purpose for creating man was eternal. When God created Adam differently than he created all the rest of creation, he had eternity in mind. God spared no detail when he created us. Let's take a look at verses 8, 9, and 15. God makes a perfect place and a, and a, and a purpose for man and gives us our first commandments to obey him. Verses 8, 9, and 15, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man who he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant, in, pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man, and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So right here we see that God has made a very special place for man, his most prized of all creation. It's a paradise where he's given everything that he ever could have needed to live a perfect and happy life forever. He also gave man a purpose, which was to work the garden. This was not only to give man self-worth and accomplishment, but it helped him to understand that he, being Adam, was put in charge of God's creation. But again, God had eternity in mind. He gives man his first commandment to obey. Verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You must surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So here you go, Adam. Here's perfect paradise. You, you could eat every single tree, in, in, including the tree of life, which could sustain his body forever, but not that tree of knowledge and good, of good and evil. So why not? Why couldn't he eat it? Would he surely die immediately? See, this knowledge was not just so that man would come to know how to sin, but it's more about what man would find out when he doesn't obey God. As we heard in verse 25, it's not up on the screen, but we heard in verse 25, it said, and man and woman were in the garden and they were naked and they weren't ashamed. They weren't ashamed because sin did not exist yet. They had no reason to be ashamed. But this all does beg the question, didn't God know man would mess up and eat the fruit? 
What do you think, church? Do we have a God that overlooks details like those pictures that we saw, that his end product is going to be all messed up because he overlooked a detail? Not a chance. There's a lot of deep theological ideas and implications that we're just not going to go into today, but I bet you we will soon because we're getting ready to move into our fallen portion of our series. But I will tell you this. If God wanted robots that would just obey him, he would not have given us free will. Without free will, there would be no choice to love him. I believe in order to truly love somebody, you have to choose to do so. Although, don't get it twisted. It was God that created us. It was God that allowed us to have free choice. And he goes way out of his, uh, out of his way to redeem us when we've fallen. He also then reveals this truth to us in special revelation and so that we could repent and be forgiven. So make no mistake, God does all the work, but he allows us to respond to his sovereign reign. What an awesome God that is. Brings us to our second point. God gave man everything he needed to live on earth forever, but his plan was for an even better eternity. I could not imagine what it would be like to be in the Garden of Eden and just have perfection around you. And you don't want for anything. There's no sin. There's no sadness. There's, no, there's nothing bad. And you have this, this relationship with God. How awesome is that? But think about this. Today... If we understand that we are sinners and we repent and turn to God in faith, one day we will get to do something like that, but probably 2.0, even you know, way better that we're going to have that Garden of Eden experience. One day if we repent and we believe, we will have that experience with God to be able to dwell with him, to not have any sin, to not want for anything in paradise. That is something I can't wait for. And to me, that's way better than just working some garden where I was placed and I had no choice. It reminds us of our main idea. God created his most prized of all creation and blessed them on earth, but with eternity in mind. Next, we, we see some of the final aspects of, of God's creation here in verses 19 and 20. God gives man dominion and allows him to name the creatures. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every, little, every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds, of the heavens and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So I think that's kind of cool here, you know, as we were talking about how we were the most prized out of God's creation. And here you see uh, God tasking Adam with allowing him to name all, all of the other creation, the created creatures around him. It's, it's really cool, you know, but I, I must say, I think he was getting lazy at one point. Adam was. He was running out of names because 
you know, he had some insect buzzing around his head, and God's like, okay, Adam, what's that thing called? He's like, I don't know, it's flying all around my head, let's call it a fly. I mean, he's running out of names. God gave us ownership and dominion over the things he created. Think about that. And again, as we see, we are not from the animals because we are above all living creatures on earth. And God has given us dominion over them. But with this dominion, we have responsibility. We should take care of God's creatures. Amen? These are God's creatures that he gave us dominion over. We should treat them with respect and we should take great care of God's creatures. Then we see in verses 21 through 24, it was like God looked around creation and he said, it's almost perfect. Can anybody tell me what was the very last thing that God created? Eve. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've studied this part of Scripture, and it's always awesome when you're studying something and something just came, comes out and it just jumps out at you. But Eve was the very last thing that God created. To me, it speaks of what a place of honor. It's something that I just didn't realize before. But God makes woman a partner for man from his own body. It says, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed it up in its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one in flesh. What a really neat part of Scripture. As I, was able, as I, as I started to just study that and, and re-examine some of these things, God created us to be relational beings. We are. We're relational beings. We crave love and we, we, we crave to love other people. What's even more incredible to me here is that Adam and Eve, God, God created Eve out of Adam, so they're created out of the same being that God created. And you think about that when it comes to marriage. As a man and a woman are united in holy matrimony, they come together again almost like one being. It was Jesus that said in Matthew, he said that it's, it's right that, that God created man and God created woman and that man would leave his family to cleave to that woman and they again would become one in flesh. That is why marriage between a man and a woman is so important. It's not just some tradition that man came up with. This was something that God designed from the beginning, and it has implications that go way before, way far beyond some civil union. A man and a woman being married is something special that God gave mankind. Not just to procreate and, and make you know, more humans, but to, to bond again what God 
created in the beginning. What an awesome picture of that. And it's really great that, that throughout Scripture we see our marriage relationship, how it's compared to our relationship with God. Marriage is very important to God. Make no mistake. So we see these group of verses that we just went over. We see God gave mankind an, uh, dominion over all of creation. But God gave man a partner when he created woman. Throughout history, man has treated woman and even other men as, and as they were creatures under their dominion. We've seen that. Some have even done it in the name of religion. But we see here, we see man was given dominion over all of creation, but not other men and women. While men and women have different roles in society and family and church, their roles. Not one of us has dominion over the other. True Christians believe, while we may have been placed in authority over someone, we do not have dominion over them. They are God's prized possession. It brings us to our third and final point. When God created woman, he gave man a partner to rule creation and the ability to experience true love on earth. What a, what a gift that man and woman are to each other. And it was a gift that God intended. You see, when two people choose to love each other unconditionally like we're supposed to, it's a wonderful gift that God has given humankind. You have a partner to do life with and someone to love and someone to love you unconditionally. What an awesome thing. As we start to wrap up, and Mike comes up, I want us to think about all of what God did, every single minor detail that he did just to love on us and to have a relationship with us. Think about those things. I want you to think how you are prized above all other of God's creation and what that means. First thing we learned was this. God's purpose for creating man was eternal. Although we were created like other things, we are unlike all other things God created. God created us with eternity in mind. He gave us eternal souls that will one day either accept him or reject him. So church, think about this. Every person you know, every person you know will either spend eternity in heaven or hell. They are eternal beings. Knowing that should lead us to spread the good news of the gospel, amen? Because that is their only hope. Next we learn, God gave man everything he needed to live on earth forever, but his plan was for an even better eternity. Like I said, I can imagine that the Garden of Eden was awesome. Man and woman living in paradise. And as I said, one day those who repent and believe shall experience that same kind of eternity, but most likely even better. Whether your life is going great right now or it's a train wreck, I want you to think about this. Whether you feel like you live on heaven on earth 
or you feel like you're living on hell on earth, you're wrong. Eternity is going to be so much different than what we experience on this earth. Life now could never fully compare to what we're going to experience in eternity. Let me ask you, where are you going to spend that eternity? If you're not clear on that, you grab one of us pastors and we'll clear that up for you really quickly. Where are you going to spend that eternity? And finally, we learn when God created woman, he gave man a partner to rule creation and the ability to experience true love on earth. Part of the blessing upon mankind was for man and woman to be partners in this life. I'm so blessed that I have found my partner that God intended for me. And while we have our struggles, I could never imagine doing life without my wife, Heather. Although she probably doesn't agree with that. But I'm grateful for God's plan and design for me. But here's what I want us to think about. God doesn't just stop there, because what comes out of the man-woman relationship but more people, right? So God doesn't just stop there. They could think of family, friends, and especially church family, right? They could also be a great way to experience this partnership and this love here on earth. That is why it's so remembered. It's so good to remember that we are called to love one another. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we should love each other and partner in the fellowship and the ministry of this church and in life. And our main idea, God created his most prized of all creation and blessed them on earth, but with eternity in mind. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, I praise you because, Lord, you created us. For whatever reason, you have deemed us the most prized of over all of your creation. Lord, you made us eternal beings. You, you gave us the opportunity, Lord, to make a choice. And then even when we messed that up, Lord, you gave us the opportunity to make things right with you through your son, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we just come to you with hearts open wide and just praise you in, in your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.